Love this podcast? Support this show through the ACAST supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. Hi, this is Trace from the Horror Queers podcast. Shudder is the ultimate streaming service for fans of horror, thrillers, and the supernatural. Shudder offers an unbeatable selection from Hollywood favorites and cult classics to original series and critically acclaimed new genre films you won't find anywhere else. Explore the best collection of horror that pushes boundaries, showcases bold original storytelling, and offers something new to watch every week. Available ad-free and through the platforms you're already on, Shudder. So good, it's scary. Sign up at Shudder.com. Hi everyone, Taylor here. You know, at our podcast, we were wanting to center the perspectives of people who look like us and women, as well as marginalized people who has been historically pushed to the sideline of conversations. So if you haven't already, we welcome you to engage through our Instagram or Facebook page by leaving a comment or simply support us by subscribe our podcast from Acast Apple, Spotify, and Google. It will make a huge differences to increase our visibility and centering the conversations we have from our pod. Enjoy today's episode. Yo guys, it's Jessie. Hi, this is Helen. And we are excited because this week on Asian Bitches Down Under, we're going to talk about a very special event. Well, it's a yearly event. Yeah. Chinese New Year. Yeah, Chinese New Year, or which, also called Lunar yeah. New Year. I think everyone's trying oh, to yeah, be yeah. more political correct. PC <laughs> yeah. these days, yeah, because, you know, not only Chinese people celebrate it. That's right, Oops. yeah. Yeah. You know, people will still, like, assume I'm Chinese, and I, you know what, I'm just like, oh, I cannot be bothered. <laughs> cannot be bothered to correct yeah. you. But anyway, um, it's... Sometimes it's, it's really annoying. Yeah, yeah. but um, it, it's a massive week in a lot of places in the world, i.e. China, right? It's like mm-hmm. a mass yeah. migration. Like think of think of the migration of polar bears or like flocks of birds through seasons. More than, more than that. Yeah, this yeah. is what happens to Chinese people. <laughs> so During this apparently week. it's like the, the what um the biggest human migration, yearly migration. In China? Well over the world. Oh I think. right. Yeah, yeah, amazing. So basically like heaps of people who a lot of poor people from China, they need to go into like big cities to make money because they can't make money in rural China. <laughs> poor people. <laughs> Sorry, I, I don't care about being PC village. today. And then, oh, they, and then they, um, and so for Chinese New Year, they go back to their homeland. I mean, sorry, mm-hmm. yeah. back to their home <laughs> country. <laughs> I'd be so... Their um, home village. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. 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 Okay. So what do you want to start with today? Well, I'm feeling really rest. I think um, my mind is like kind of a bit all over the place because I've just had the most relaxing kind of, I've just felt pure happiness. That's good. In the last hour because I was at um, the women's Kuji baths mm-hmm. and I, I was swimming topless. <laughs> And usually when I go there, I don't swim topless. I, I like go for a swim and then I lie on the grass and, and then I strip off because mm-hmm. like I only discovered you're only allowed to strip your top off, not your bottom. Not oh, that I was okay. doing my bottom. Uh-huh. But um, but I swam topless and it was like 6 p.m. So it was like I thought there would be not a lot of women, mm-hmm. but there were actually about 10. So there were quite a lot of women because uh, okay. it closes at seven. Uh-huh. But it was just like, seriously, hell. Like, I just think I was just like lying there, like sort of like floating in the water. And it's a beautiful like view of the ocean. Mm-hmm. And I just 
was absolutely bowled over by the realization that what I was doing is very rare. And like to be able for me to be in a female body and to be able to swim in a public area where I feel safe and also I can be topless Mm -hmm. um, and I can also be in the ocean in a, in a public arena is so astonishingly um, and monumentally rare for Mm -hmm. any woman, like in any country, you know, like, and I was just like, Oh, I, I really just felt for the first time. Well, not for the first time, but in a very long time, like I, it just hit me how lucky I felt to be in Sydney and mm-hmm. to have that kind of corporeal liberty mm-hmm. because like for, for a lot of women, you know, I was thinking for a lot of women in the world, like even showing your hair, showing your face, you know, showing a, a single part of your flesh in your body is, mm. um, is, is illegal. Mm-hmm. Like you're not allowed to do that. And there was just yeah. something about like, like I have swam, like I've gone skinny dipping before, like last month, me and my partner and a couple of friends, we went to this like a, uh, a pool in the middle of nowhere where like it was uh, fresh water and we all got naked and it was like great but like that wasn't like public public mm-hmm. you know like it was still nice but it wasn't like out in the open mm-hmm. so like for me as a woman to feel safe to go like bare-chested in a public arena it's is very such, unusual it's so it feels so liberating yeah. like and i'm not saying this to be like all sexual and like puerile um, uh-huh. It just it's there's something political in that act of me being able to do that. Mm-hmm. I think what you're saying is that the safety of a woman has always been pretty much not considered as important. I mean, it is important, of course. As we as women, that we know that it is important for anyone, but we exposing our own flesh in public. Yeah. has always been considered as something shameful, embarrassing, or something that can be... Bringing um, on danger. Exactly. Yeah, bringing on danger and also be obtained by a perpetrator, which is something that I'll be talking about a, a bit later, about a news yeah. in Taiwan. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I think, is that what you mean? Like, the safety yeah, is very exactly. liberating. Yes. Isn't uh, it? It's seriously, like, just mind-blowing. Like, my whole... Yeah. My whole bo- my whole head is still like kind of like exploding at this moment when I think about it because it's like the when you go out and you like dress in like you know um a, an outfit that exposes a lot of skin people just mm-hmm. automatically think well you're asking for it mm-hmm. you're asking right, yeah, to have you know people men have, leer at yeah. you it's like um you're giving by by wearing a skimpy quote unquote skimpy outfit you're giving it's like the society thinks you are giving permission for men to treat you a certain way and Mm -hmm. like for me to be topless in a public area and then to also feel safe is a fucking monumentally like astonishing thing to have as a woman yeah Yeah, seriously i I just i'm i feel so blessed yeah i think our society's mentality still have a long way to go to you know like who determines what women should be wearing i think When we're talking about feminism, I think it's an evolving concept, at least for me, that maybe when I was in my 20s, I know that, yeah, you know, what you wear, sometimes you ask for it. And then towards my 30s, I start to realize that, no, that's that's not the point. No matter what you wear, it doesn't, it's signifying anything. Like, Mm. it's just you. 
and mm. it shouldn't be considered as that you're asking for something if you're like even if you're wearing so conservatively wrapped around you know from head to toe you will still get attacked mm. the outfit yeah. is not relevant of perpetratory actions yeah i think but the society has been created to think that way yeah it's a manipulation for women essentially i think yeah it's just i was just swimming and thinking like this is such a normal thing for a guy to do right Mm -hmm. men can go to the beach and take off their t-shirt and you know (laughs) not think about that at all and not invite danger you know Mm -hmm. or threats um and like for me to finally do it as an adult woman and to feel safe Mm. I just I don't even know how to begin to explain how amazing that feels. Not amazing. Mm-hmm. I don't even know. I can't find the words to ex- describe it, but it just feels like mm. I felt like I reached some sort of like um happiness or some sort of like grand That's great. That's really good. Liberty. I think liberty for me will always be linked to to true happiness. Mm-hmm. I think that's why I don't think I ever see myself being a mother because in my head I feel like motherhood is like the death of liberty, not like the death of the self. Something like that, yeah. I think it's partially true. I can't say it's all like fully 100% true, but it's partially true of what you said, yeah. Like a part of yourself is really need to be given to another life form in the world yeah, or multiple life forms. Yeah. Yeah, I think that's so beautiful. It's just a type of beauty that I don't want uh-huh, to engage in. Uh-huh. How about you? Oh, me. Uh, speaking of yeah. uh, swimming, I've been going to the beach over the weekend and also went to a swimming pool yesterday afternoon as well. So I can understand yeah, nice. the feeling of being in the water. Mm. I mean, I wear two-piece bikini or whatever do you want to call it, which is really comfortable. And I used to mm. think that it's embarrassing wearing two-piece this is even before I got married before I had kids like I feel like Mm. I'm more courageous after having kids because I just don't give a fuck anymore (laughs) like I feel embarrassed so are you saying what do you mean you say you're saying that you used to wear one piece I used to wear one piece and sometimes t-shirt oh I'm the reverse t-shirt over I'm the reverse sometimes even t-shirt over my swimwear I I wore two-piece because I wanted to be topless tonight when Mm. I was swimming but like usually I wear one mm-hmm. piece because I feel like that's more elegant. <laughs> yeah, I feel like it's just easier to swing in two piece. I don't know. Oh, okay. Just maybe it's just a, you know preferences. But um, yeah, with mm-hmm. choice of I have shown your flash or however you want to call it. I think I just don't give a fuck after I have kids. I feel like it's just you know nice. my body is my body. However you're gonna see it, that's your own problem. Yep. It's comfortable for me and I get better tan, <laughs> things like that. Mm. I think when I was younger, I tend to feel the embarrassing moments. Like I, I feel, I don't know if some, it's if it's something that I grew up with because our mom has always been really conservative and she had mm. told me when I was growing up that there's certain pieces that I shouldn't be wearing, that she would check on how short mm. my skirt is or like mm. I never wear something. What do you call them? The crop top, yeah. the one that shows or midriffs. Yeah, midriffs. Yeah, I never wore. Well, that they're anymore. just like yeah. 
Yeah, and, and now I'm wearing them. I'm almost right. forty, and I'm now <laughs> wearing them during summer it. as Amy well. Amy Schumer all the way. <laughs> yeah, I know. And also the <laughs> the strapless dress or spaghetti yeah. uh, strap yeah. tops. I'm wearing them now. Like didn't start yeah. wearing them until I was like in my thirties. Yeah, nice. I, I feel like I missed I out. I missed out, but I'm yeah, trying to catch up now. <laughs> I love that. I love that. Yeah, I'm thinking about what to wear on Valentine's Day because we're doing something special mm. for it, and I want to look good. Mm-hmm. Um. And like I'm just looking up, like I was looking up the Vogue website, and they even have an article of like best outfits to dress up on for Valentine's Day. Oh my god, that's so nice! Seriously, yeah. And can I just say, I'm seeing it everywhere. I didn't even know Valentine's Day was such a massive thing. Like the stores are all like the window shop fronts are painted in pink, Uh and like there are Cartier and Tiffany ads on bus stations. It's a massive, massive commercialization. They have a like piece. Like um, they have photos of, of obviously fucking gorgeous like hetero white couples, or like just a piece of jewelry, and then underneath it they just have the word love. Yeah, so generic. And I'm like, oh my god, this actually works. Yeah, of course, people fall for you know, it. Buy this idea of uh, yeah, um, jewelry representing true love, which is, you know, as ludicrous as saying Elmo is a real person, which we um, prefer, but. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, exactly. Uh, but uh, it's part of me doesn't even want to partake in it, even though I do have a romantic partner in my life right now, because like it's so alienating for single people, yeah. and I don't want to ever partake in heteronormativity. <laughs> <laughs> I don't. Yeah. It's like repulsive. You know, there's a term that I just recently learned. I think last week it's called guillotine. Guillotine. Like you celebrate celebrate yeah, Valentine's Day with your girl pals. As in with your own oh. girlfriend, so guillotine. Yeah. You know, that's what I kind of want to do. That would be yeah. better, isn't it? Yeah. yeah. Eat cupcakes and like paint. Watch Bridget Jones. Cro- <laughs> watch Bridget Jones and crochet together and then do like yoga, Adrian. And then go swimming at Kuji like Beach. The bar. Oh, exactly. Yeah. With yeah. your girlfriends. Yeah, 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 absolutely. That is true happiness. Yeah. Let me tell you there. That is true happiness. Yeah. So we're both really beachy people. Hey, I feel like um, you and I, we like, I, I started going to the beach when I moved to Bondi mm. in my twenties. And I think you, cause you and you started going to the beach when you moved to the central yeah. coast. Cause like I always we, when we beach. were growing up in the suburbs, none, we weren't beach people. Oh, hey. We used like to our parents go didn't take to, us to the beach. manly quite frequently. Manly, yeah. But we never went inside the water. Oh, that's true. Yeah. Into the yeah. surf, you know? I think when we pass up, yeah. when we reached our puberty, it's just feel it just felt embarrassing wearing swimwear in really? public. Well, at least for me, I don't know about you. Like right. I try to skip. No, I don't really like, care. Summer season swim class. Right. It was just uncomfortable for me. I yeah. think. Yeah. Swimming in front of other people or the people I know. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So I didn't really pick up any water activity after I had kids. Yeah. <laughs> I love like I always whenever I say this, it always kind of invites especially men to think that I am being puerile and like um suggestive you know Mm. but like I really like doing anything where I don't have to wear a lot of clothes there's just something Mm -hmm. very liberating about that seriously and like the the activity that I love most that doesn't involve clothes is swimming like being Mm -hmm. in the water like it feels yeah I know it's such a spiritual thing for me you know like I and and like um I don't know if there's a history with like the way that the history of black bodies being in the water is completely, completely 
harrowingly political because they were in so many like uh, for so long like um, barred from you know going to swimming pools and exposing Mm -hmm. their skin and all that Mm. but like um i love like just floating in the ocean water there's something so Mm. i feel like i'm connected back into my mother's womb or something about yeah water just usually the metaphor yeah Yeah. rejuvenating you know it feels like i get to be at peace with my own body whenever Mm. i'm in the water yeah you know sometimes that when i go into panic mode like sometimes Mm. if i have a panic attack or sometimes i'm in the moment that i feel like some sort of bad emotions Mm. you know how some therapists would tell you that oh just think of your happy place right or you know how we watch the movie sometimes there's a person that just keeps saying that uh, go to my happy place, go to my happy place. Yeah, what's your happy and place? And for me, is like to remember the time that I was snorkeling in New Caledonia. Oh my God, like Helen, the fish that's so nice. Just swimming ac- uh, around me. So oh. I just have to put myself in the water yeah. and imagine that I'm floating yeah. on top of, like just in the ocean. Yeah. yeah and seeing, like imagining the blue color and trying to, the, you know how the crisp sounds of how the wave moves underneath the yeah, water? Yeah, yeah. Not on the top, not in yeah. the air, but yeah. underneath that kind of crispy sound. Yeah. Yeah, you, you have that sound. In, I usually have that sound in my head and I kind of like, it's a calming effect for me, I think. Oh my God, yeah. that's so beautiful. That's what I try to do when I have a, like a panic attack or something like that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Can I ask you a question while I mm. go and um, take, I, I just have something at the door that I need to pick up. Um, can okay. you tell us why why you think that is your happy place? I think that's my happy place because I was having a brilliant holiday with my family um, at New Caledonia that was like a cruise trip uh, a couple of years ago. And I just really enjoyed the time in the ocean. Like you said, it feel like in the water, it sometimes feel like returning to your mother's womb mm-hmm. and just coming back to the nature kind of like intertwined with the nature you're embraced within yeah not just you're standing right in middle of it like you're totally embraced with it yeah like you're melted within along the animals around you oh like the fish and also exactly the water. and you're just yeah. part of a wider ecosystem of yeah other lives yeah. that are just as important as yours yeah. Right? Yeah. yeah that's so freaking that's so freaking beautiful and you're so freaking uh, beautifully articulated that's what um my partner often says like when we were at the um the pond where we went skinny dipping we were just like mm. walking around the other the spaces around there and like he's very because he's a vegan he's very aware of like other animals and insects and mm. like he kind of yeah they're in his head there's no hierarchy like we're not mm-hmm. superior. Like he thinks that fish are just as important as human beings. Mm-hmm. Insects are just as important as, um, you know, human beings. And it's just such a beautiful way of seeing the world. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The you mentioned that you want to speak about an article. Yeah. So Do you um, want to start from there. Yeah. Uh, I so listeners will know I listen to this amazing app called Autumn um, and every week I listen to a couple of um, articles being read aloud by professional actors and this one this week really really was the most extraordinary story that um, that rubbed me off in such a um, it made me a really angry so basically the story is um, 
the the article was um written by a guy called Nicholas Thomas Thompson and it was um and it was about the a hiker called Mostly Harmless. So that's what he uh that's what he coined himself with that term mostly harmless hiker. So it's the story of a guy who had started walking south on the Appalachian Trail from New York a year and a half um, ago. And during that trail hike, he met hundreds of people and he seemed to charm them all. And um, so they, uh, he, what happened was uh, last year uh, his body was found um, in a tent. Mm. Um, it was mm-hmm. emaciated. Um, he had somehow escaped the digital um, dragnet, so he travelled without a phone or an ID um, and his body was found um, with a long scar on his abdomen. Uh, but, like, you know, there wasn't any suspicion as to how he died. He starved to death. Like, he wasn't killed. And um, authorities tried to trace his fingerprints. Um, they weren't in any database. And his images didn't turn up in any results when they ran through facial recognition software. Mm-hmm. And so, like, people thought, oh, he must have been smart. Um, and um, the interviewer, the, uh, uh, the reporter, Nicholas Thompson, he... Um, he interviewed a lot of people um, and he tried to, like, he even bought Facebook ads on his personal page to promote the story mm-hmm. in the region of mm-hmm. Louisiana um, where he thought that the relatives lived because, like, mm-hmm. he, when he pitched this story out, um, a lot of people, like, DM'd him, said, oh, I think it's this guy, I think it's that guy. Anyway, um, the members of the group um, of these groups that, started to try and find out who is this guy because people were like, oh, mm. he, the man died alone in a tent and his family don't know where he is. Like, oh, this is such a tragedy, mm. you know? So um, mm. members of the group lit candles for him. They talked about bringing him home. Um, they scoured every missing database, da- missing person's database. And what happened was uh, they did eventually find him. Um, someone approached... The identity. Um, yeah, the identity this, uh, was... His ex- body. Yeah. yeah. Um, so the reporter approached by a woman who told him his that this guy's name was Rodriguez, um, Vance Rodriguez. Mm-hmm. And um, what happened was the story is that this guy, Rodriguez, um, he told his friends uh, when he was a young boy, um, his father had deeply hurt him. But no one mm-hmm. he had spoken to seems to be clear that exactly how. So when I heard mm-hmm. that, when I read that in the article, I thought, well, sexual abuse or something mm-hmm. hor- horrifying like that, right? That's the first thing that we yeah that comes to. up in my head yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. when so Vance this guy um, hiker when he was fifteen according to friends he headed off into a field with a gun intending to kill himself he fired into his stomach but then as he lay bleeding to death he decided to live so he raised his hand weakly and a passing truck saw him and pulled over and um, whenever people ask him about his parents um, the only thing that he would say is fuck them. So, mm-hmm. like, obviously a boy who had gone through trauma, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and so the story comes out that this Vance guy had worked for a, um, a company, uh, like a startup company. Um, the colleagues were interviewed and they said that, oh, he was like this guy who played 18 hours a day of video games. He shut everything else out. He would go through huge bouts of depression. He would go for a year without smiling or being nice mm-hmm. to people. So he was, like, totally anti-social. Mm-hmm. And another friend said he was depressed and moody his whole life. And then, like, he was also the uh, the reporter also interviewed his uh, ex colleagues, and the one ex colleague said he was a crazy good coder, except he would always code everything the hardest way possible, kind of like you hired Rembrandt to paint your bathroom. You know it is going to be lit, but over the top. So like he was lionized. 
Like they were mm-hmm. saying that he was a really talented guy. Clearly, he suffered from mental health issues, you know? Yes. Um, and apparently all he would eat was like one meal of like uh, pizza, like frozen pizza a day. And um, another friend said that he would have these outages where he would lay immobile for days, refusing food and human contact. Mm-hmm. Now, at this point in the article, this is like 10 minutes in, um, we find out that Vance had started a relationship, started a relationship with a woman that would last for five years. But mm-hmm. apparently and it, it ended quite badly. When it was over, the woman he had dated wrote on her Facebook page, I quote you, okay, I'm going to quote this. Mm-hmm. She wrote, apartment, 950 a month, bills, 300 a month. Standing up to the monster that beat you up emotionally and physically for five years, priceless. So she was abused, abused yeah, as yeah. well by him. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and then, the, and then um, they talk more about how like abusive he was um uh and apparently this woman her mother when i when advance was identified as the hiker the woman's mother commented on facebook this man was so abusive to my daughter he changed her Mm. and then we uh, later in the article we find out that he had a second girlfriend Mm -hmm. and um she talks about details about like how um if something upset him he would stop talking to her and at one point he locked her out of the apartment after they got Mm -hmm. into an argument like and then there are other things um, in the article where, like, clearly this guy was, like, deeply emotion- uh, physically and emotionally abusive to this woman, right? So two women mm-hmm. in his life. Um, and so what happened at the end of this article is um, – I'm going to quote you, okay? So this is the mm-hmm. end of the article written by a white male. He says, It's hard not to look at this story with anything but sadness. The boy who raised his hand to get help from a passing truck and whose body still bore the scar of that Louisiana field, had grown into a man who didn't seek help as he died in a Florida swamp. A man was able to disappear in no small part because he was, no one was looking for him. A man was harmed and maybe harmful, and then he went into the woods and finally became mostly harmless. And, like, I just read that. Like, so I listened to this article three times, and mm-hmm. I was so angry because, like, the way in which the man is centered and the man's struggle is like mm-hmm. um, sort of like, oh, let's have sympathy for this guy. Like, oh, he like ran into the wild because he like couldn't couldn't handle the stresses of being a man in society. They also talked about other men in um, the article where like, oh, he um, he struggled. He treated women poorly. He came to dislike himself. He contemplated suicide. And then he had an epiphany and he decided to hike a trail. He went into the wild. And, like, I was just like, hello, he fucking abused two women. Like, where's mm-hmm. that story? Like, mm-hmm. I, like I'm, I'm, yeah. not, I, I'm not saying, like, the story of him dying in the field is, like, happy. I'm just saying I'm just so angry at the way in which these, this story is so indicative of, like, men sympathizing with other men who can't deal with being a man like whose trauma is not being able to um be not uh sort of like assisted in society and so they go into they say like harm women it's almost like abusing women is part of their deal like they Mm -hmm. had like as a as a like women are part of the sort of um lone man who like can't handle society mistreats women so he has to go into the wild um and then to find some sort of transcendental element, right, to better himself. Uh, this guy happened to die. Yes, it's sad. But what about the women? Mm-hmm. You know? Mm-hmm. 
I think rather than speaking of the centering the man, it's probably like your perception is very different from what the writer or the reporter is trying to convey. I think, but I think it's overall we should look on the whole system rather than the victims. Not only the victims. I know the victims. They they all the victims. You know the the woman who has been abused are the victims, and the man who has died is a victim as well. A, yeah, is a victim as well. Yeah, but who are they victims of? They're a victim. They are victims of the whole society. Yes,、yeah. and the systems, the patriarchy. Who, I don't know. I, I shouldn't be. I don't. I shouldn't be humanizing the whole system, but um, which is the whole patriarchy, which has been. Not really looking to what the actual solutions are, rather、yeah. than that, there there's a toxic cycle. Yeah, you know, exactly.、Like、That's what I think. The man who has been abused, he recognized that he needs to live on. Okay, that's a good start. But、yeah. he didn't continue to find solutions to heal. Heal him. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. exactly. I'm trying to find the word. Yeah. Heal. Yeah. Heal himself. Yeah. Perhaps that is because. There's a stigmatized, stigmatized idea about mental health. There's a stigmatized、yeah. about male who has been sexually abused. Exactly, which that we still see on nowadays that we still don't recognize the what、well, we don't recognize enough about the male sexual victims, and they are being ostracized. And there's no like it's just not there's no enough opening conversations about it and they're high in the dark、mm. well not really hiding but they've been ostracized yeah and and they feel and like they don't find they can't find any way else to go to and when、yeah. they start a relationship they don't know how to handle their own emotions exactly and then they end up abusing like women often because、yeah. women are the ones who often are the most easy vulnerable、targets. yeah easy targets yeah. i know this sounds awful but easy targets vulnerable we're softer You know,、yeah. and we've been raised to be softer and more malleable、mm. and more accommodating, and then we end、That's、up being、true. abused. Like society is like constructed in a way where we are vulnerable and more likely to、um, find ourselves in these kind of relationships. You know, and also if you think about historically the romanticized narratives and the way that narratives have engineered for us to like think, oh, the lone, lonely.、Um, Sort of sad,、um, isolated man is someone who needs our a woman's love.、Mm. You know, like think、mm. of like Humphrey Bogart or like all those classic men from the fifties, mid-century、yeah. guys who were like, ooh, mysterious, or like just think of that、mm. guy from、um, Harrison Ford's character in、um, Brave New World or what was that movie called? Not Brave New World, Blade Runner. You know,、mm-hmm. like ooh, the lone、yeah. detective needs a woman's love. You know, kind of thing. Yeah. Just it, yeah. Everything you're saying, I completely co- like agree with. It, it's like this cycle of trauma in which、um, the society does not give heterosexual men space to heal from their trauma, and so what ends、mm-hmm. up happening is these men abuse other people, and it just keeps going on. Right, and what's more scary is that often those kind of men become parents. Exactly. Yes. Ex- you know? Fucking exactly. If fuck, I can't. I you, yeah. <laughs> I just. I'm、and、just. Once、yeah. they become the parents, the cycle continues. Exactly. 
you know what I'm seeing a I'm seeing a couple of discussions on a Facebook group which I'm not gonna disclose because it's about mental health. A lot of millennials they're saying that they refuse to have kids. Mm. They are not gonna have kids because、mm. they feel like because there's generation generational traumas, and they have they have not reached the healing part yet. Yeah, like they're on the they're on the way to mend, but they don't feel like they should have kids. But at the same time, they feel that their parents are so conservative and traditional.、Mm. Their parents are telling them to have kids, but they、mm. don't feel like having kids because、mm. they know that there are things that ha- they haven't got over with. Yeah, like at least I know there's this group of people who are rational enough that they know they need to. I don't want to use the word fix themselves, but at least they recognize that、yeah. there's a problem. Yeah, rational and not so self-absorbed. That's what I、exactly. like about them. Yeah. I know I it's know. it kind. The article reminded me of like this broader subject matter that I really want to explore in a very long feature article investigative piece where I look at the mountaineering industry and how there's a、mm-hmm. cycle of like young men in their thirties, often with little children and wives at home, going out and hiking and like. Doing really dangerous like mountaineering, like um they、mm-hmm. they need to do like the seven the top seven mountains in the world, and、yeah. they trek like Mount Everest, and then they die on the way because like the mortality rate of these adventurers are very high. And there's like、mm-hmm. there was this one article I read last year where like it was just it made me so angry for the same reasons as this mostly harmless article, which is like seeing the ways in which like young men. Are traumatized by things that their fathers did, and so they how do they manage it? They go into the wild. They feel like they need to physically conquer something, right? It's psychological.、Mm-hmm. So they go do this dangerous thing like hiking Mount Everest, and then they die, and then they leave like two year old, eight year old little boys at home who like have lost their fathers, and then they、mm-hmm. they have now have trauma in their lives, and then it just keeps. It's like a cycle. It's like,、mm-hmm. can we please like if I can just like. If society was a person, i.e., if patriarchy was a person, I would just like try and look at him in the eye and say, "Can you please like try and manage a way to like get heterosexual white men? Actually, then it's not even a racial thing; just men, any men. men yeah, um, to talk about、men. like how to can we be more in can we be more um active in ways of trying to help them." Normalize the fact of them sharing their trauma out in like,、mm-hmm. like I was just thinking like when women um say if, if a woman was like trauma experienced trauma, we often want to talk about it right.、Mm-hmm. Like we don't want to fucking hike Mount Everest. What what is it with men and needing to <laughs> conquer something physically large, um and outside of their body um in order to like suppress the deep 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 trauma that they have inside their hearts. You know、mm-hmm. why is dealing with trauma so gendered?、Mm-hmm. I hate that. Yeah. Like, yeah, and I was just, yeah, I was just talking to a couple of male friends about this, and they were like, they they've told me that they often feel more comfortable talking to women than men about their feelings. Well, because they often get judged by another yeah. man. Yeah. So、If、I fucking、it's... hate straight men. Yeah. <laughs> straight men are the worst humans in the world. Yeah. I think a lot of men still judge other men heavily. Yeah, yeah. Like I, I think for our listeners, if you're in a heterosexual, like if you're a woman, and you're in a heterosexual relationship, ask your partner if he had, or maybe you're already in a very 
more healthy relationship that you are open enough to talk to each other. But honestly, ask your male partner if they have someone that they can talk to who is in the same sex. Yeah. Talk about their emotions. Yeah. Not sports or games or yeah, fucking or careers or women. Yeah, yeah. They talk about their emotions. Well, they, like I strongly yeah. encourage people to do that. I don't think there yeah. is, to be honest. It's very. I, I think a lot of. Uh, I think uh, most yeah. of the heterosexual male friends I have would say no, they don't have that. Yeah. And I like. I have those. I have the wokest heterosexual male friends. Mm-hmm. Mm. And yet, like emotion is still something that's just like not still taboo for them. Yeah, and trauma as well, because yeah. they've been. They will be, you know, looked down at or been teased or more men needs to know how to handle at times when a friend is needed to talk to like yeah. more men need to learn how to talk or just listen i think because they don't have the skill of to listen to each other and they have a perception of just to fix the problem yeah. rather than listen yeah and empathize with other people yeah yeah. <sighs> Must be hard to be a guy. It's so heavy. I would kill myself yeah. if I was a guy. <laughs> Just last week you said you want to be in a man's body. Oh, did I? <laughs> yeah. For a day. For one day. I want to try what it's like to for one day to feel power. To not be in a body where I have to like be scared of being raped all the time or like touched or abused or something or leered at. Yeah. It's so hard to be a human. Oh, That's man. It's a conclusion. <laughs> <laughs> love it okay um let's take a break and we'll come back Hey guys, so we're back. Helen, um, <laughs> you have tell me about what happened in Taiwan because uh, it's pretty harrowing. Yeah, news from Taiwan. What happened this week? Well, there's another sexual harassment news that exploded in Taiwan in the past ten days. I had a very emotional Sunday morning because reading all the comments about the news kind of triggered me. Like mm-hmm. I, I wish you give giving our listeners a Trigger warning is yeah. that we'll, I'll be talking about sexual harassment, sexual abuse in the coming, you know, a couple of minutes. Mm-hmm. Um, so what happened was that at the end of January, a uh, explosive news service from an uh, entertainer, her name's Illy Chan, her Facebook. So she began her career as a model and became famous from a promotional video selling fried chicken in Taiwan, you know. Mm-hmm. It's a very popular street food so she's been called like ji pai mei chicken mm-hmm. chop girl because <laughs> and because of her busty body that uh-huh. she came very she became really popular mm-hmm. and she has also been an active political activist and since her the launch of her entertainment career she also established a sex education youtube program called late night health clinic um, she had an intention to open the conversation about sex education in both medical and social contexts. 
the program uh, has extended to a couple of seminars on you know educating the sexual pleasures and de- destigmatize um, the ideas of talking sex in public arena. Mm-hmm. Also in 2019-2020, she began another project of creating sex toys. It's called Feiji Bay. I didn't know what is it. It's called Airplane Cup. And I found out it's, oh. it's an artificial vagina. Oh, yeah, like yeah. a flashlight. Yeah. Um, so she worked with the industry professionals and launched the product um, late last year, I think, with mm. 30 million Taiwanese dollars crowdfunded by around yeah. 20K sponsors. Her mission was to um, release the sexual frustration for men, relieving stress uh, sexually. And she said in the future, she will be presenting sex toys for female as well. Mm-hmm. So what happened was with uh, Chan on 30th of January, on her Facebook, she posts that she has been verbally uh, sexually harassed at a work event. Well, for her, it's a work event. But the mm-hmm. event that she attended was the end of year banquet Mm -hmm. which happens very often you know towards the lunar new year so company have this kind of banquet with all the employees Mm -hmm. and the boss usually will invite some entertainers singers to entertain you know the whole company yeah so she was invited to be the mc for the night um, after several rounds of drinks, the company's owner, who was clearly drunk, start making yep. inappropriate comments. Um, mm-hmm. I'm just going to open her Facebook. Mm-hmm. What kind of company was it, by the way? I Do think you know? it's like a tech or finance company. Okay. So they need to be... Yeah, worst kind of yeah. men. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> they need to be wealthy enough to, you know, invite um Yeah, because she's so famous. Yeah. Um, this is I'm quoting I'm translating and quoting from her Facebook. The boss of the company says, "Oh, are you single? Even uh, even though I'm married, but I can divorce for you. Give me any numbers you want. Wow. You can be the future boss lady of my company. Oh, is it too expensive? No, we can do that too." And he start harassing her um, and saying that, "Oh, can yep. you give me a kiss or?" If not, on my uh, face, can you uh, kiss on my hand, things like that. And because a lot mm. of people at that event was already drunk, but she wasn't. She was very clear head. Yep. And yep. she was feeling very vulnerable at the time. She didn't know what to do. As in, you, you know mm-hmm. that at the at the time where you've been harassed and where there's no one around you that come to help, especially yeah. for a woman. Yeah that she would just give yeah. in. So she just quickly gave a kiss to the boss's hand and then she walked away. Yeah. One of the, another entertainer who was at the event as well, touched her mm-hmm. inappropriately after the verbal harassment. Yeah. Wow. And she posted that on her Facebook as well. Uh-huh. This is going to get really, you just, you'll get really angry <laughs> when I talk about this. Okay. Are you about to cry? No, I'm, I'm not about to cry. Okay, because just... I'm just preparing myself <laughs> to cry also. Because when you cry, I cry. I cried on Sunday morning when I was reading all the comments from Facebook, which I shouldn't because it's so triggering for me. The response that she initially get, especially from her industry, from her own industry, especially from female entertainers are saying that, oh, why didn't you stop him? at that moment or mm. if anyone else saw i bet they have stopped as in they start questioning that the her actions the, uh, not her actions they start questioning if the incident was true like she's making right. it up and things like that yeah 
Yeah, and gaslighting her. Yeah, gaslighting her. So from 30th of January, when she posted the incident to 4th of February, the media has already picked up, and her followers are sharing, start sharing and sending her DMs of their own sexual harassment, abuse experience. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Social commentators,、uh, what do you call it, the net net citizens?、Um, they're going netizens. Yeah, netizens. They're going back and forth. About their own, about their own opinion, saying that oh, she、mm-hmm. asked for it because、um, she talks about sex publicly. You know, she's got a program yeah, on、exactly. YouTube because she sells te- yeah, sex toys.、Yeah. You know, so what's wrong yeah, of her、totally. being harassed? You know, they keep saying that that she asked、totally. for it. Yeah,、And、yeah. Because any woman who <sighs> is open about her sexuality is inviting, is basically giving permission for guys to fucking ex- like it. It just made、People、me so angry. People expect that she wants it all the、yeah. time. Oh my god! Yeah, so it made me yeah, so、sorry. angry seeing all those comments. So I was actually、yeah. like, before that, we were going to the beach on Sunday. Like my husband was driving, I was reading that, and I was、mm. telling him, and I was crying. <laughs> it was supposed to be、yeah. a really good family day, and I was crying、uh-huh. because I had、um, sexual harassments before as well. Then when I was younger, then I, I'm、yeah. not prepared to、yeah. talk about it right now, but I feel、yeah. like. You're trying to like for her in her position that she's trying to break the cycle of not silencing、yeah. the survivor's voice, you know, exactly, exactly. and try to get those perpetrators punished. She said that she doesn't want him. She she's not there to destroy the entertain the other male entertainer because he he still hasn't come out and apologized. Like he didn't think that、mm-hmm. he did anything wrong. The public is saying that oh. Because what you did in your career, you should have expected people does that to you,、yeah. you know.、Exactly. And I felt、exactly. it's how can Taiwan still be like this? I see same-sex marriage gone through, but the society's mentality about how to treat a woman with respect, yeah, is still very minimal. Yeah, 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 yeah. I remember, yeah, I remember asking someone this、um, when I was in Taiwan two years ago, like how. Um, it was. I saw this really strange contradiction between like the way in which gay rights has progressed so much in Taiwan, and yet like r- women's rights was still so、um, backward.、Mm-hmm. And someone had told me it might be something to do with the patriarchy because you know gay rights involve men,、mm. and men just inherently have more power to speak their voice and to have their opinions heard in society.、Mm-hmm. And you know, let's not let's not like. Ignore the fact that you know、um, the queer community, you know, roughly half of them are men.、Mm-hmm. You know, so、yeah. um, it might be something to do with that.、Mm. Um, but I think、um, if you are someone who doesn't have a lot of Asian friends or li- and lives in the Western society, you would might just you'd be forgiven for thinking that Taiwan is just like this progressive island in the middle of East Asia.、Mm. But the f- truth is, like Helen and I. This is why we do this pod to expose the truths, and the truth is that Taiwan is still deeply, deeply misogynistic. It's still deeply conservative in its gender attitudes. Yeah, yeah.、Mm. Um, what's more shocking for me, like about twenty-four hours later, some of my friends or acquaintances starting to have the conversation around this piece of news on different social media platforms. Shockingly, some people that I know think that she's too vocal about the issue. 
because about、mm. two, three days after the incident, after that she posted on Facebook, she attended a media conference to promote the upcoming film or drama. I think so. It was、mm. like a joint event for herself、mm. and also for to promote that drama. It also was like seeking sponsorship as well. And at、wow. the media conference, you know, usually they have a table in front of them and microphone in front、yeah. of them. So on the table,、yeah. she had her products: the airplane、um, cup, the sex、yeah. toys,、mm-hmm. and then the media and also the people on the internet start questioning her as well. Like, is she seeking attention? Like. She just、yeah. got harassed, and she spoke about sexual harassment. Why is she having her sex toys at the media conference? And I'm trying to explain、yeah. to my those acquaintances that I know is that those are two fucking different things. Like、mm. she got harassed yeah, doesn't mean that she cannot promote promote her products. You know,、yeah. people just I feel like a lot of people just put everything together, put everything together, and think one is related to the another. Even though、mm. so、that she had been sexually harassed, does not mean that she should stop selling her what the product, the sex, to- even if it's t- sex toys. You know, it doesn't yeah, matter、totally. if she's selling coffee mugs or pencil case.、Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Well, the thing is, it does to、oh. the wider mainstream audience.、Um, they can't help but link those two together. You know that a young woman who sells sex toys must also be someone who doesn't have the nor the standards of normal respectability that 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 the barriers in which you have when the normal civility that you have when you approach someone.、Mm. Is somehow erased or ero- eroded when when speaking to someone like her because like oh she sells sex toys so therefore she must be always wanting sex or like her standards of when it comes to sexual politics is just or like the the sort of courtesy that you give or respectability that you give any human being it just doesn't um it doesn't exist with her because she sells sex toys it's、mm. just a stupid assumption.、Mm. Um, it's a sexist assumption. It's a misogynistic assumption. It's so scary. Those comments are usually coming out from women. Yeah, 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 totally.、Um, it's like I, women、mm. are often the most damaging police.、Mm. Uh, they're the most damaging cohort of people who police other women、mm-hmm. because we don't know how to handle a woman who we don't understand. I think a lot of women find women who. Have a lot of sort of sexual gravitas and confidence, very threatening. Yeah, okay. And so, like,、um, how do you how do you deal with that? You shut them out.、Mm. You shut them off. Or, I mean, you shut them out.、Um, you shut them down, and you,、Gosh. you know, make these comments. Like,、uh, yeah, I never read face. I'm not not on social media. You know how、mm-hmm. I feel about it.、Mm-hmm. So I think that sometimes Helen, you need to step away from it. Yeah, just for your I, I should. Health,、yeah. like your actual insanity.、Mm. Your sanity, I mean. You know, one of the acquaintances I know that she deleted her post of questioning Chen's behavior after that. I continuously questioning back to her, saying that, yeah, what what do you think is a proper way to behave as a sexually harassed victim? Yeah, like、mm-hmm. I just want them to answer me. I like, are you on the more moral high horse that you can? Determine how a victim should behave,、mm-hmm. you know. And later, that person <laughs> deleted the post. I think that person just couldn't handle my, my continuously bothering of questioning. It co- really coincides of what、um, Grace Tan, you know, the Australian of the Year, has been、mm-hmm. doing in the past 
decade or so, you know, giving the voice to the survivors and the victims of sexually harassed, sexually abused, the survivors, basically. Because before, the victims had no voice. They were being silenced. They were not be able to go on public. I just feel like there's no right way to be a victim Mm. because, especially as a woman, because you're constantly being judged yeah. yeah well there's no right way to be a woman full stop <laughs> yeah seriously like in any every single female every single person who's in a female body will agree with my comment mm-hmm. will agree with my statement that there is no right way to be a woman because in any every iteration of anything that you do um you will be criticized mm. and also there's a very, <laughs> no matter what you do yeah. and also there's a very strong like power dynamic struggles when people questioning that oh, why didn't she say something at the time or why she, didn't she just refuse the request from the boss? Mm. It's a power dynamic struggle. Think about it. Yeah. She's at work yeah. events. Yeah, totally. And I think yeah. a lot of female um, sexual harassment victims will feel the same as well. When you're stuck at that situation, what do you do? Yeah, exactly. You often have the less power. You usually yeah. are dealing with a superior person up yeah, on the management yeah. and they're usually a guy and they're usually, they're a, usually guy. a man and we're talking yeah. about it's yeah. the same with grooming with young child as well yep age status in status age status in your the hierarchy of your whatever workplace that you are in mm. all of that all of that pertains to what we're talking about like i'm just thinking about dyson hayden and the way that he yep. had abused he had like sexually harassed his um underlings the the judges associates mm-hmm. you know who were like 22 yeah. year old girls yeah these guys get off on like cuz they know they can get away with mm-hmm. it cuz they have so much power. Yeah. And they there is no accountability when you reach that in society. It's been constructed in a way where where there is no accountability to such actions. Mm-hmm. Yeah, often the women are just the, the like I said before, the vulnerable victims. Mm-hmm. And it's just it serves men to to for us to be silent and for us to shut up about stuff that's happened to us you know abuses and all that yeah i do wonder like what we're, we're talking about like you know women who are outspoken about you know sexuality and wanting to be sexual in their own terms mm. i do wonder whether that will ever change like whether my daughter or my granddaughter or aya your daughter if like when they're our age when they're in their 30s 40s 50s maybe even in 500 years time whether we will live in a world if it's possible to have a world where a woman can be can be open about her sexuality and not be treated and not be diminished in a way that is like for her to like be seen as a compromised human being mm-hmm. or for her to be just seen as oh she's a sex object yeah or we should just put her in that box like uh, obviously here i'm pertaining i'm relating this to um you know the release of framing britney spears which mm-hmm. is um a documentary that everyone's talking about. I haven't managed to see it because I can't freaking work out a VPN, VNP, whatever that is. But it's showing on Hulu. Mm-hmm. Um, but, like, I was watching a bit of her interview with Matt Lauer when she was um, 24 years old. She was only 24, wow. right? And this was 2008. Mm-hmm. And, like, I was like a bit – I was tearing up, actually, because it was just so sad the way in which she was treated. Like, obviously, I'll talk to you more about it when I do see mm-hmm. it. Yeah. But you mentioned that we should be doing an episode after reading that oh my God. article on Sydney Morning Herald yeah. as well. Yeah. That's probably 
what I want to、yeah. talk about. You know, the news. I think we kind of gone、yeah. over a bit of time. We can divide it into another、yeah. episode for Lunar New Year. Yeah, yeah. Let's talk about Lunar New Year on another pod. Because、yeah. I think I think this is a extremely. This was a comprehensive. We went through a lot of heavy stuff in this episode. Yeah, and I think it's just very important for everyone to know. I know that it is. It's probably not generational thing like talking about sex because I know a lot of、mm. older women. Like for example, one of the podcasts I'm I'm just addicted to it <laughs> this week. It's a Taiwanese lady who's a political activist. She's like our mother. She's probably older than our mother, and she just speak purely in Taiwanese on her podcast. And her podcast lasts like ten minutes per episode, and she releases every day. And she talks about social issues, and she talks about、um, sometimes political、uh, manners, and also. How people treat each other, the way to communicate nowadays, and there was one episode. It was just so funny. She said that、yeah. why can't people just teach their kids proper genital parts with proper names? <laughs> like she said, yeah, you should yeah. just teach the kids <laughs> the Chinese genital parts. Lan pa. <laughs> How do you say it? <laughs> the dick. Please, I can't. <laughs> yeah, and then she mentioned another word like the vagina. I can't remember how you pronounce it, but it was really funny. Isn't 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 it like jiao? Yeah, like I think one's one's the penis and the other one's balls, <laughs> but I can't remember which one's、yeah. which. So lampai like jiao, and she said that <laughs> why that. can't parents teach their kids proper names to stop using、yeah. like pretend yeah, names、exactly. because the kids will get confused. Exactly. Yeah, I love that. It reminds me of Rebecca Solnit and her spiel about how, like, call it what it is.、Mm-hmm. Yeah, call things what、yeah. it is. Like,、um, being a man is emotional mu- mutilation.、Mm. Just call it what it、mm-hmm. is. Seriously, you can't cry. Boys are not allowed to cry. That is emotional mutilation.、Yeah. Just call it what it is. You、mm. know. And what happened in Australia? Genocide. Call <sighs> it what it is. Yeah. You know? Just the truth. Truth. That's it. Yeah. Exactly. Just the truth. And and also like. Um, this is a sore spot for me, but someone very special to me in my life.、Um, he's a vegan, and like <laughs> he calls like when I eat like I I try not to, but like when I eat like a、uh, lamb in front of him, he's like, "Oh, you're eating dead lamb!" Like you're eating. No, when I say when I eat pork, he'll say, "Oh, you're eating a dead pig." pig.、Yeah. And like, call it what it is, you know.、Mm, yeah. Okay. So once again, thank you to our listeners. Remember to subscribe to our podcast on Spotify, Google, and Apple. We're now on Acast. If you have enjoyed our show, please give our podcast a five star rating and share with your friends. We're now on Acast support. So if you like, please support our show by donation. Buy us a coffee or a chai latte. You can find our updates on Facebook and Instagram. Just search Asian Bitches Down Under. We welcome discussions and feedback. So we'll catch you next time. Bye. Okay. Bye.